a lot of what I'm going to say um, is going to be said in a way that uh, it would be like for someone hearing it for the first time that didn't know, you know, anything about um, uh, Lauren Bond and the Metabolic Studio. So it's important that, that we kind of just um, start the story at the beginning, which is why we're starting in front of this picture. Um, this is an image in two, 2005. Um, uh, which is prior to uh, the Not a Cornfield project. So um, this is an artist action by Lauren Bond in 2005, uh, where Lauren planted 32 acres of corn um, as a, a way to um, remediate the brownfield conditions of the soil and addressed an underutilized uh, uh, piece of land that was locked in litigation to, uh, in its way to becoming a state park. The reason this is important is this is going to be um, uh, the site of, of the departure point of our walk today. And we'll be actually walking around this piece of land because it is the original floodplain of the LA River. So um, this is a really much, very much a story about land and water and, uh, and the way the two meet. And the way that they met here is in this floodplain. So uh, back in 2005, Lauren had every intention of watering the corn with water from the LA River. Um, she wasn't allowed to do so um, uh, and uh, had to lay irrigation stripping uh, in order to provide water for the corn. Now the corn was also um, important because uh, of the site itself, um, but it, it had the ability to uh, corn has the ability to pull toxins from, from its root system, so to help remediate the brownfield conditions of the corn. But getting back to the water, does anybody know how, how much irrigation stripping uh, Lauren had to lay in order to um, water this corn? If you know it, don't answer. What? 300 miles. 35. 35 what? <laughs> it's 90 miles of irrigation stripping. Wow. So, um, uh, what's important uh, in terms of, of our walk today is understanding that bending the river back into the city, which is a three-part infrastructure artwork of, of Lauren Bond and the Metabolic Studio, is uh, that it attempts, to, it, it, is, it is actually going to do what Lauren was unable to do back in 2005, which is to, to bend the river back into the city by bringing water from the LA River into uh, the floodplains of, uh, of the LA River. And we're gonna talk about that today and walk through those spaces and talk about the land and what they used to be and what they are now and what the potential will bring with uh, bending the river back into the city. So does anybody have any questions before we, we jump into this? The three-part the three sculpture is uh, that uh, there'll be a dam placed in the LA River, uh, which will allow water to back up, uh, uh, to be impounded to about eight feet of depth against the dam, divert the water under pipes under the train, adjacent train tracks to our site, and there'll be a 48-foot water wheel that will lift the water from the bottom of the water wheel pit to our site, where we'll pipe, we'll, we will um, put it through a treatment facility, pipe and pressurize it, and send it to three uh, three public parks, including uh, this piece of land here, 
which after not a cornfield became the Los Angeles State Historic Park. So um, part of the other walks, there's going to be a walk every Friday, uh, the first Friday of every month. We'll address some of the other parts of the project, including the wheel and the dam. And we'll talk more about the river. This, this uh, uh, talk today will, be, will focus heavily on, on this piece of land that, that is between the river and, uh, and Chinatown. And we're going to walk around it and talk about all the things that have happened in this neighborhood um, uh, over time. One, one last thing. I want everybody to touch this because this is going to become, um, pass it along. Um, it's going to become uh, an important part of the story as we move through the spaces. Um, this brick is a historic brick, and it relates very much to uh, the, our, our narrative here uh, at Bending the River Back into the City. What's the origin of it? You are going to find out. So I want everyone to just have a, have a sense that that brick is going to become part of our narrative as we walk through. masonry um, piece of infrastructure built in the United States. So after the Zan Hamadre, um, we moved to steel um, um, construction for water pipes. So it's kind of a oh, wow. kind of an interesting artifact. <laughs> so this is a piece of the Zan Hamadre and we're gonna learn oh, more about that. Um, we're gonna learn more about that uh, as we uh, as we walk around the, um, the floodplains of the Los Angeles River. Ella, would you like to add anything? Ooh. Lauren, would you, is there anything else you'd like to add? Okay, so um, we've gathered here because this is actually uh, the site of the Bending the River Back into the City project. Uh, this is a piece of land that was originally a, an MTA um, uh, owned piece of property that the Metabolic Studio uh, and Lauren secured in order to do this project. Oh, this is so fantastic. We have a backdrop of something happening behind us. I think it's Jaime doing something. I believe he is. Um, there'll be so much more to share with you about, about the, uh, the water wheel itself and the dam itself, but I wanted to start at the river and, and, and for you to imagine what this must have looked like, because um, what we're looking at is the Broadway Bridge built in 1911 uh, um, and the um, Spring Street Bridge built in 1927. When these bridges crossed over the L LA River, uh, it was prior to it being sealed in concrete and, uh, and it was a very different sort of space here. We would actually be standing on, on some of the embankments of the river itself. Um, so I wanted to start here, but this is the site of bending the river back into the city. There'll be other tours that will focus specifically on the, 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 the wheel and the dam and those two very important pieces of infrastructure. But we're going to look at what, um, what uh, uh, the third and most, uh, most um, uh, um, uh, one of the most interesting parts of the sculptures, which is the distribution system. And that is... Uh, uh, the, once the water is, uh, leaves this site, the treated water, it will be piped and pressurized and one pipe will go into the Spring Street Bridge, uh, embedded into 
the uh, the sidewalk of that bridge, and that's happening. Will be happening in the next two weeks, with it, where the actual piece of infrastructure will be embedded into the Spring Street Bridge to carry the treated water over to. Yay! Yay! This is a big deal, uh, and it will carry water to two city parks. The two city parks that that will receive water, and we're going to end up at our our tour on the other side of the river. Just, um, I want to share with you now what, what they uh, are named uh, so that we can see them from this side of the river and when we walk through them at the end of the tour. But what we're looking at is, is Downey um, Pool and on the other side of the Spring Street Bridge is Downey um, uh, Recreation Center. And then next to it, if you look under these arches, there's an empty space and that is the future um, Albion Riverside Park and Downey, Reckonpool, and Albion are will be recipients of water from the Bending the River back into the city project. Great. So does anybody want to see what the original floodplain embankments of the river look like? Sure. Good. <laughs> so we've already um, um, talked about uh, this being an original floodplain. This is actually what the LA River looked like before it was channelized. Um, the reason why it was channelized is uh, that, um, as most of you know, when it rains here, it doesn't rain often, but when it rains here, it can rain quite a bit. And there was a major flood in 1938. It was the, the big flood of 1938, and that's when they had already channelized certain pieces of the river, but that's when they really made, stepped up the effort to uh, seal all 51 miles in concrete. So um, by the early 40s, uh, this entire channel was, was uh, uh, sealed in concrete and uh, bending the river back into the city is the, is, will be the first major intervention since it was sealed in concrete in the early 40s. It will actually pierce the jacket of the LA River and pull water from the river and distribute it to the, to the city. The reason that it was channelized is that when um, the, the concrete allows uh, the water to move much more rapidly, so all the storm drains in this area go into the river, so when it rains, all of the water is collected in the river and flushed out to Long Beach uh, and to the uh, Pacific Ocean. So our project will allow us to capture a small portion of that water, about 106 acre feet a year, which I'll explain to you in just a minute. Um, and uh, use that water locally. But um, that's what the river used to look like. And here's a really important image. This, um, Lauren has already um, was talked about the Zanha Madre. Um, the Zanha Madre was uh, the mother ditch. That's actually, it is actual translation, but it was really the first aqueduct uh, uh, that carried water from the LA River <laughs> to the Old Pueblo. And this is a picture of, of what in, of the Old Pueblo, this was the pump house in the middle in the middle of the Old Pueblo at the end of the Zaha Madre. So um, historically, um, there's a lot to say about this land. So we'll talk more about you know the indigenous peoples of this land when we're in the state park. But this piece of it was um, uh, designed uh, after the build out of the um, the uh, the occupation the um, Spanish occupation or colonization of this area um, in, in the, in the um, 
middle to late uh, 1700s. Where is that in relation to where we are now? Okay, this was actually in the old Pueblo, which is Chinatown. Oh, okay. So, but I wanted to, to give you a sense of like that beautiful gazebo in the middle of the old Pueblo in Chinatown. That's what it looked like. Okay, so we've got some new people joining us. Hello. My name is Lou, and I'm with the Metabolic Studio, and we're here talking about um, um, our project, Bending the River Back into the City, which actually will be pulling water from the LA River uh, into uh, this area um, uh, by um, putting a dam in the LA River, diverting the water in pipes under the train tracks to the Metabolic Studio site, lifting the water with, with a 48-foot water wheel. The water will be um, 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 go through a treatment facility, piped and pressurized, and sent to three public parks, including the one behind me. And so we're going to walk into the park in just a moment. But before we do, um, I want us to stay together as a group because we, uh, it will work much better if we stay uh, 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 together and we move quickly through the spaces so we can get around the whole park. Um, before we do, um, this building behind, uh, be, uh, behind you is uh, the, the historic women's building. Uh, that was a site of uh, feminist artists uh, from 1971 to 1991. And um, the Metabolic Studio has worked closely with several of those artists to do a, uh, an important um, archiving project, a special project in archiving uh, with uh, the artists from uh, the women's building uh, during um, that actually archived materials that they did during that very important uh, period of their work and um, it is on its way for, for some sort of historic designation so keep keep your fingers crossed that that this will um, be a site that will be preserved in the future so um, this spot that we're on is the approximate spot of the Anabolic Monument. And the Anabolic Monument was um, an artwork of, of Lauren Vaughn and the Metabolic Studio from 2006 to 2013. So as I said, inside, uh, the, the journey started with not a cornfield. Uh, uh, there were 32 acres of corn here. It was for one agricultural cycle. Uh, after that, after the corn was harvested, the, fo the fodder was made into uh, 31 bales, and the 31 bales were, were um, circled around uh, this uh, uh, site here, and it became an important uh, uh, space for the community to gather, including uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the Na Native American uh, tribes to do their, their um, uh, rituals, including um, the ofrenda, which uh, is uh, an important Day of the Dead ceremony uh, in the, um, uh, at the end of October and the beginning into uh, early November. So um, I just wanted to acknowledge that, uh, that the Metabolic Studio maintained the, uh, the north end of the park uh, after not a cornfield. The south end of the park uh, was developed into a park by the state park system, but the Metabolic Studio actually maintained these these 16 acres on the north end uh, for, for many years and and uh, seeded uh, seeded this land and at, at one point it was covered uh, with wildflowers 
we had uh, interspecies residents um, with uh, um, uh, oh dear we had uh, um, uh, interspecies residents we had uh, some goats here that 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 uh, that were helping us do our work here in the and and as I said uh, there were amazing um, uh, things that happened over uh, over uh, the years that we looked after this land so um, this land was actually um, uh, before not a cornfield was a um, became a, a, a brownfield because it was a uh, defunct um, rail yard it was a rail yard that used to serve the the, the this area and um, it had um, gone into um, disuse and then there were um, there was a series of, of moves to acquire the land so that it could become a state park um, but really um, it was uh, not a cornfield that actually jump-started that process by actually um, calling attention to this land with with the with the artwork and um, uh, uh, Lauren in, uh, laid infrastructure around the periphery of the entire park. It was a one-mile path, uh, and um, although that was before my time at the Metabolic Studio, um, it, it is, uh, it is uh, uh, still very much part of uh, uh, the reason that we're here in this neighborhood, uh, working with Lauren to um, continue to um, provide for the land. And in the, in the case of bending the river back into the city, this land that we're going to walk through now will receive the, uh, the, the greater share of the water uh, from the Bending the River project. There will be water going over to the other side to the other city projects, but the majority of it is for these 32 acres of land. Um, Lauren, do you want to say anything? Um, just that, 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 that what that accomplishes in a kind of Frankenstein way <laughs> is reconnecting the bridled LA River and the floodplain. So, you know, this land wanted to be um, revitalized because we kept a river from touching it. And now the river will be returned to it, but through a, um, you know, engineered um, object. So I always think of it a bit as like a Frankenstein floodplain, you know, because <laughs> it's not nature. And, but it is a different interpretation. When we talk about revitalization of a river, I think we often conjure a sort of bucolic um, river that flows through a space but um, to make a bucolic river you'd have to clean up the detritus of the industrial era which is still under the ground here so so um, we've we've talked a, a bit about the Zanha Madre so um, uh, let's let's move on to uh, see an actual piece of it so there it is in all of its glory, the Zanha Madre. The, the, the brick that you were holding is actually from this actual pipeline just a little further down the road. And I'll actually show you where that, that, that brick came from. And I'll tell you another story about it in a little while. Uh, so um, when they were building out the, the park here, they, they came acro across this segment of it. The Zanha Madre ran from the LA River all the way to the old Pueblo, which is in downtown, I mean, which is in uh, Chinatown. And we're gonna, that will be one of our tours. So I'll tell you more about that later. Um, but what you should know is that between the 1860 and the early 1900s, 
the very early 1900s, just the turn of the century, uh, there were 13 water wheels that lifted water out of the LA River into the Zanha Madre. Now the Zanha Madre, the mother ditch, was originally an open ditch and then got enclosed in this, um, this brick pipeline. And that was the main, the main um, uh, aqueduct that served the city. It ran from the LA River all the way to the old Pueblo. Uh, and it was abandoned in 1904. Um, uh, and as the city was growing, so was the need for water. And, uh, and it was around that time that they started to look for other places for, uh, for, to, to bring water to the city. So um, part of uh, the, the, the way that we talk about uh, bending the river back into the city is that the water that it provides for this park is, uh, is a distribution system called the Delta of Mount Whitney. And, and the reason we talk about it that way is because uh, the source of Los Angeles's water now, since 1913, for over 100 years, has been at the foothills of Mount Whitney up in Owens Valley. And we actually have another project up there uh, uh, that uh, has been going on for many years uh, where we're actually working right on the dry lake bed that evaporated because water was diverted from Owens Valley into the historic aqueduct and travels now over 240 miles to the city to serve our, our water needs. So we have a relationship of, of a, uh, uh, a river that used to serve all of the needs of the, the native population, which was the, the, uh, the Tongva. Uh, native American uh, um, uh, tribes lived here for thousands of years. And here's the gold line. Right on cue. Um, and after the uh, um, uh, uh, the first exposition and the Spanish colonization of this city, did they need to start to provide a, a way of bringing water from the river to the pueblo? And then as it grew, uh, there's a there's a full story that we'll share on on our our work up in Owens Valley and this important connection between, between uh, uh, the water up in those mountains and uh, how it relates to uh, our work in the LA River and our project. Any questions? It had never held its own shape before, so in retrospect, we could have really used an archivist uh, to think through that because, because you know, you'd want to have built a rig to insert in it. And, yeah. So that brick that you held from this pipeline a little further up the road, and we're going to see exactly where that that was extracted from, and and. Um, in just a little bit. We're
gonna so go. So just to give you a minute of personal history, the gold line very often used to go by here and the man on the speaker would say, hey Roxanne! <laughs> <laughs> because Roxanne would be wandering up and down the cornfield and he liked to, to say hi to her. So he'd honk his horn and he'd go, hey Roxanne! Oh, so sweet. Running wolf. <laughs> Running wolf, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he came and did ceremony here. Yeah, he buried a coyote that he had hit. Um, he was a local uh, Native American, and for them, um, if you know, owls, eagles, um, hawks, and coyotes are holy. And he had, he had. Um, I think he just found it. He well, found what? It on the road. He found it on the roadside, and it's really it's it's their duty to bury them yeah. and give them proper yeah proper burial. So what one day. We used to have um, story circles here on Sunday afternoon, and everybody left. And I was—we used to then go to Chinatown for dinner. And I was walking, and I saw this very small man. And then, as I got closer, I realized I only saw his torso, which was very concerning and very sci-fi. And then, as I got closer still, I discovered that he was had his feet four feet underground, and he was digging a hole to bury an owl that he had um, found. And he came out of this hole completely covered with the animal feathers and whatever, and he came up and he gave me some big, sweaty, dirty, carry-on <laughs> hug. And I was just like, ah! <laughs> and um, he explained to me that it was now, since, the, since this first man had buried a coyote, known colloquially as a place to bury sacred animals so that's you know right right down there where the other thing is if I had to make a rule book of if you ever want in LA to have a hill built in a public space all you have to do is build a fire circle hold ritual there and people will come and put a mound on top of it so the sacred space that we're talking about is now that preposterous mound over there that they decided to just bury the history of um, all of that ritual and obliterate it. Um, so that's still a bit of a, a, when I walk by it, I kind of get like a nervous system jitters, but then I recognize I've, I've experienced what so many Native Americans have experienced over time, which is really insulting gestures. Um, it's not just the big cruelties, it's like the continuous spatial insults that negate um, sacred spaces. So I wanted to stop in the middle of the space because um, we're gonna do one of these uh, walking tours the first Friday of every month for the next several months. And there's gonna be other tours that, that, that um, are, are um, more details of some of the things that we're seeing right now. Um, we're talking about land, so we're talking about land that we're standing on that was originally uh, the Tongva land and uh, then uh, it, it uh, developed through the, the history of, 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 uh, of Los Angeles and was a rail yard. It was not a cornfield. It is a state park now. Um, but uh, there are many stories of land in, in, in this area that we're going to be talking about because um, in addition to this relationship to water and this floodplain that we're on, there's, um, 
there's a lot that we can see from standing right here that is uh, that has uh, completely transformed from what it originally was. So all those skyscrapers that you see in the distance, those are on Bunker Hill, and that was originally uh, a, a neighborhood of Victorian homes, and we'll talk about that. Um, on the far left, you see that, that, that pointed building, and that is City Hall, built in 1928. That's at the bottom of Grand Park. Um, there's, a, there's a squat building um, on the far right-hand side, which is actually at the top of Grand Park. That's um, the LA uh, Department of Water and Power. And we're going to walk through that space in one of our future walks and talk about, you know, um, uh, how that space was developed. Um, uh, behind you is, uh, is uh, Dodger Stadium, and beneath Dodger Stadium are, are what was originally uh, Chavez Ravine. Um, we're looking uh, in the foreground here at um, uh, the uh, Casa Italiana and the uh, St. Um, um, St. Peter's uh, Church on the left, and we're, we'll go up there in a, in a moment. But I want you to um, take a good look because um, th this land has, is, is changing further still. Uh, this entire bluff is, is slated for a development where, where developers are, are, are um, uh, proposing to create six buildings on the north and south end of this bluff along Broadway that would be ranged from seven stories to 14 stories high. Now, it's a, the bluff itself is about 30 feet. So if you put a 14-foot story on top of it, we're talking about having buildings that are about 200 feet in the air. There'd be a narrow strip uh, in between with a boardwalk along the Zanja Madre here to connect the two developments. Um, but this would completely, from down here, obliterate the views north and south, including uh, 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 Radio Hill and uh, in uh, the hillside uh, adjacent to it, which is Elysian Park. And we'll talk more about that when we uh, go down Broadway, because we're going to do a whole loop around the park. This spot flowed the Zaha Madre, Mother Ditch, which channeled the waters of the Los Angeles River to the citizens of Los Angeles for 123 years from 1781 to 1904. Presented, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so this is the spot where the brick came from. Wait, uh, at this level? No. Okay. Much lower. So, so uh, I don't even know, was that in 2012? Around 2012, um, uh, they were um, they were digging the foundations for uh, Blossom Plaza, and the city had no interest in preserving this piece of the Zanjan Madre that they found. And Lauren um, uh, uh, agreed to extract a 40-foot piece of, of the pipe in situ, and uh, so it was excavated. And we, as as Lauren described, we tried to remove it intact. It didn't remain intact, and that brick that you held was from this site of a piece, and, and the, um, the remnants of those bricks are uh, back at our studio. But um, uh, th this is the actual location where it came from, and it, um, it, it, it says something very important about history and our ability to kind of uh, wipe it away to create something new. Um, I just finished saying that, that uh, they proposed uh, some, some large buildings on the bluff of Broadway. Directly across the street from here is also the, the, the college station uh, a multi-use development, which proposes 700 uh, residential units, and the one on Broadway, it proposes 920 residential units. 
So um, I, I'm using this as an opportunity to show, A, that for a city that wasn't particularly interested in, in uh, preserving the brick, this is what their interpretation of, of, of uh, um, acknowledging its importance is. Uh, in favor of these kinds of things that are happening around us. So we're going to walk through this. Um, there's going to be a whole tour related to Chinatown, because uh, Chinatown is actually sitting on what used to be the um, Italian-American section of the city. Um, so uh, we'll talk about Chinatown in, in, uh, and, uh, um, as it is now, which is a new Chinatown, and the old Chinatown, where it is. Does anybody know where the old Chinatown is? It wasn't on the tour last time. Union Station. It's sitting under Union Station. So that will, I will do a whole uh, old and new Chinatown and Union Station as one of our other tours. Um, but uh, there's a few remnants left of uh, the um, the uh, Italian American influence on this neighborhood. So let's let's walk down the street a bit and see what that looks like. My little speaker here. Right, I'm recording. So. I was saying that the Zanja Madre was, um, was discontinued after 1904. That's when this parish started. Um, there was an, originally a little chapel here, um, and that chapel was um, uh, uh, the chapel that was adjacent to a, to a cemetery, a graveyard. And um, there is a, uh, behind this church, there's a large football uh, field that's part of the Catholic school, uh, which we'll see in just a minute. Um, and that cemetery is actually underneath the playing field. So when you think about land and what, what, what's happened over time is that, that things just keep becoming something else. So um, as they were raising money to build a church to pull the Italian community into uh, th this area, because they were starting to migrate now from uh, the old Pueblo down toward toward this end of town. There was a fire in the chapel and they, they, they actually continued with their fundraising and built this in 1947. And, uh, and this uh, is one of the few remnants of, of the uh, Italian uh, American community that settled here um, uh, uh, at the turn of the century. And uh, you know, this was a mighty different place back then, but um, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting. Uh, there is a statue uh, in between these doors here, and that is a replica of uh, the, uh, the mother wolf, the, the she-wolf uh, from Rome. It's on, the original is on Capitoline Hill in Rome, and it actually shows the myth of Romulus and Ramus that, that were, um, were, were uh, suckling from the, the mother wolf. So, um, so it's interesting that, that, that you've got kind of this very pagan myth uh, at, you know, uh, uh, links itself back to Rome and uh, is used here uh, by the uh, Italian-American Christian community. So um, behind... Catholic. What? Catholic. Catholic, Catholic yes. <laughs> so um, behind me is, is um, the... Uh, the um, Solano Canyon. We're going to walk into a little bit and talk about Solano Canyon, uh, which is one of the oldest uh, neighborhoods in, in uh, LA. Um, and uh, uh, this is a great view of that tower behind us is actually the, uh, the, the new transportation uh, tower. 
uh, of, uh, of uh, Union Station. And uh, we'll go over there in that way on another tour because there's some really amazing things that, that were there before that tower was. Uh, just uh, near that tower was one of the largest trees uh, in, in, in the uh, historic Los Angeles. What are the largest trees? Trees. trees. The Aliso tree. And we'll, I'll tell you all about that. I'm just trying to entice you to come on some of the other tours. So, so I'm giving you a little taste. We're going to go down to Union Station. Uh, we're going to go in further into the city and further tours, but um, but let's keep going. Yeah, great. So behind you is the ca the um, Cathedral High School, and that started in 1925. So um, it's uh, and it's been in continuous use. It's basic. It's uh, right now it has about uh, uh, it's an all boys uh, uh, Catholic school with about 700 uh, um, students from all different um, um, Catholic parishes, uh, primarily uh, from um, uh, low-income or middle-income families. So we're going to walk now. Um, uh, behind me is Radio Hill. There's a nice walk up there. Um, we don't have time for it now, but, um, but that can include, uh, it can be one of our walks in the near future. Um, but we're going to walk through Solano Canyon, which um, was established in uh, 1866, so you get a feel of a of a um, a, uh, a residential neighborhood in our area, and then um, we're going to um, talk more about um, you know uh, the the relationship of the park next to it, which is Elysian Park, uh, which is the oldest park in Los Angeles, not the biggest, but the oldest and it's adjacency to the LA River and the floodplain. So. It's the same designer as Grand Cent uh, Central Park in New York and the Boston Commons. Ooh. Yeah, so it's an architecturally significant connection and kind of starts to talk about the ambition of um, downtown to connect itself to the East Coast um, and in the early part of the 20th century. It's also kind of critical to understand one of the things you um, inherit when you work or live down here, which is a certain kind of real estate trauma, because um, Solano Canyon was a pretty established um, community at the time that Dodger Stadium was built. And in order to make Dodger Stadium happen, they had to demolish three quarters of Solano Canyon with all the mature gardens and everything that went with it and people still have that in their memory and soon to follow after or before or after that was bunker hill uh after after that downtown which was built about early downtown sure. was built about the same time as solano canyon with old victorian houses that was also demolished to make way for the skyscrapers so people definitely feel um, like this echo of um, panic about real estate and development around here. And the um, uh, Chavez Ravine was, was, was really kind of a, a, a really unfortunate uh, twist of events because they actually vacated a, 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 a very tightly knit Latino community uh, uh, to make way for low-income housing. The land was cleared and um, through, uh, through a number of, of things uh, uh, was never built. And then that became the site of Dodger Stadium. So there's 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 you know quite a 
again, as we talk about this idea of, of water coming from the source of a river and feeding a city and then importing that water from other places and the consequences of that and the land that's adjacent to it and what that land was and, 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 and is continuing to, to um, that story still goes on. You know, we're poised right now for a whole other big building boom in this neighborhood and this is not the first time that's happened. Um, I shall say while we're all standing here is that, you know, um, Solano Canyon is is divided by by the 110 freeway, the Pasadena freeway. So you've got two two parts of the community on either side of a major freeway. That was just originally the piece of Figueroa that disappeared. Originally Figueroa went from our neighborhood all the way to downtown and there's Figueroa downtown and there's Figueroa in, in um, Lincoln Heights, but there's no Figueroa through this area because it's the 110. And that's the 110 that has, uh, you know, two, you know the, uh, a freeway that cuts through a community. So we're going to look at what that community is and a ride, a, a, a look on the other Just side. Just one last note, that Radio Hill is the oldest radio tower mm -hmm. in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. too. So it kind of, this kind of was the urban core, that, but the infrastructural core because of the train station and industry. And banks was the start of Doug, would you kindly read this plaque? Absolutely. All right, uh, Portola, Portola Trail. Yeah. All right, 19, uh, 1769. Spanish colonization of California began in 1769 with the expedition of Don Gaspar de Portola from Mexico with Captain Don Fernando Rivera y Moncada, Lieutenant Don Pedro, uh, Fejez, Saint Jose Francisco Ortega, and Fathers Juan Crespi and Francisco Gomez. He and his party camped near this spot on August 2nd, 1769, en route to Monterey. California registered historical landmark number uh, 655. Plaque placed by the California State Park Commission in cooperation with Science, Recreation and Parks Commission and California Parlor number 247 Native Daughters of the Golden West, October 12th, 1962. 52. 58. I need glasses. So, so um, the original expedition, this, this was the birthplace of the, the Spanish colonization of Los Angeles. Um, the, their original camp were in the foothills of what is known as Elysian Park now. Um, they say that they explored this, this, this interesting river uh, um, where it met uh, another river called the Arroyo Seco, and that's the confluence, and the confluence is just upstream here. Um, so, um, so this is um, um, a, a very significant area, and it, 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 it was uh, the, a major transition point of why the old Pueblo was established where it was in relationship to the river. So this was, this was kind of the, the, um, the European um, uh, colonization of, of uh, Los Angeles. It all started here. So now look behind you because um, uh, uh, just on the other side of, of uh, this bridge is the Metabolic Studio. Um, and, um, is, it is, uh, um, uh, we looked at it from, from uh, the uh, Bending the River site. And just to the right where you see those beautiful uh, 
um, Phoenix Canariensis palm trees, that's where they have an eight-story building proposed. Um, so uh, that is uh, a land that's owned by uh, another Italian-American uh, family that's been in this neighborhood for over a hundred years. It's the family that established the San Antonio Winery in 1917. And the San Antonio Winery is just um, uh, on the other side of the LA River. Um, so um, I think uh, because the sun's setting, it's really important that I show you what the river looks like in relationship to, to the land and you see the floodplain. So let's quickly walk to the, the top of this slope and take a look at um, that and, a, and another um, um, metabolic studio property. Um, it wouldn't have been a complete tour if I didn't actually get to show you that there is water in the LA River. Yep. Uh, what we're looking at is the hills um, um, of Lincoln Heights. It's the actual heights of Lincoln Heights to the to the uh, um, uh, to the left of that is um, the um, uh, the hills of Cypress Park, and on the left-hand side here is the hills of Mount Washington. Beyond that, the mountains that you see in the distance are the um, uh, the San Bernardino Mountains, and uh, that the the highest peak on that is Mount Wilson, which has uh, if you look really carefully, you can see you can make out a lot of um, uh, antenna, antennae. I think it's how it's said. Antennae. Antenna. Antennas. Anyway, there, there's um, th that's one of the major um, uh, uh, digital communication hubs of the city, and there's a major um, telescope up there. Um, we're looking down at the goal line, and uh, uh, which is which crosses the LA River, um, and everything from the uh, mostly everything from the goal line to the to the uh, Broadway Bridge. You'll see uh, um, uh, various buildings with graffiti on them. Um, that is a metabolic studio site. That's our test site uh, where we're doing um, soil experiments. We're extracting clay from the um, the from uh, some of the landfills. Uh, when uh, everything with the graffiti on it uh, to the right here along the Broadway Bridge is um, is a site that uh, the metabolic studio purchased. Uh, two and a half years ago and that is a test site where we're actually in the in the far right there's a constructed wetland and there uh, and we were doing testing with LA river water and uh, harvesting rainwater on the site um, that site was originally a um, a um, a uh, it was a Ford dealership it was um, a, where they impounded cars oh, yeah. and um, and it was slated to uh, it was being eyed by uh, developers uh, to make uh, luxury condos and um, uh, uh, and instead of uh, it falling into the hands of developers um, Lauren purchased it uh, as a way of slowing down um, the the, um, the development and actually calls this site an undevelopment and the whole strategy for this site is that we've extracted um, various uh, um, uh, circles, six, 60 foot in diameter circles, 
Um, we've removed the tarmac from those circles and exposed the, uh, the, um, the earth beneath, and each of the circles had different conditions, and we were doing different things with it. There was a, there's a place where we're composting, a place where we've ext extracted clay. One, there's a wildflower garden down there. So um, it is our test site, and it will be on our tour in, 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 uh, the, um, in our future walks. Um, but I wanted to show you the LA River. There's always water in the LA River. Um, even during a drought, there's always water in the LA River. Um, just imagine this, when there is a dam in the LA River that impounds the water, the water will, will fill to about eight feet of depth to both sides of the channel, all the way up to where the Gold Line train is right now. And, um, and it's going to make a significant impact on uh, uh, the, um, the habitat of this area. Um, the dam is inflatable, so during heavy rains, the dam will deflate and the water will be allowed to uh, move down to, uh, downriver and be the uh, flood control system that it was designed to be. Um, and does anybody know where the water's coming from? Why, if it hasn't rained, or why even during drought is there water in the LA River? So, um, I think yeah, the Wilson Bank had the well, we don't have water. 80% of the water is not from groundwater. I'll wait till the train passes. 20% is about of the water is from groundwater. About 80% comes from upstream. When I told you that the, the Los Angeles now survives on aqueduct water from Owens Valley and two other aqueducts, what happens is that, that we import the water, we use it once, we flush it, it goes to um, uh, treatment facilities, two of which are upstream here. That water is is treated to almost potable standards um, in uh, Tillman facility in um, San Fernando Valley and uh, the Glendale Narrows and that water is treated to almost potable standards and, and, and dumped into the LA River so about 80% of the water that you're seeing right now is coming from the treatment plants and that's the water that we'll be lifting uh, so when Lauren says that uh, she is regenerating a wastewater facility that's because upstream there, there is a facilities that's taking that water that we use once, imported from all these other places, to uh, uh, only to dump it into the river and send it out to sea. So um, we're gonna walk now back along the last two spaces that will um, uh, receive irrigation water from, the, um, from our project. Uh, the two city parks on, on the opposite side of the river.